welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place that I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, I get to welcome to the show, Karen Stubbs. And I realized, oh my gosh, not only is he melancholy, I'm sanguine, which is opposite. No wonder I don't understand this little boy. And of course, we all want to understand our children so bad, right? So as I started to read the book, I started realizing what were his strengths, what were his weaknesses, and I was focusing on all the weaknesses. Okay, y'all, it's a mentorship episode today, and I have invited Karen, who is the mom of four grown boys. She is the founder and leader of Birds on a Wire Ministry, which is designed to equip moms through truth, encouragement, and community. She's our kind of people. She has a podcast called Wire Talk, and she's authored several books that we've linked to in the show notes. Today, we're focusing in on how God made each of our kids so unique and how do we really lean into studying them and recognizing those differences and their response and adapt our parenting to those differences. It's tricky when you have several different kids who I say I have four versions of a boy. There's so much that I have learned in how I navigate challenges with them or why some things are more challenging for some than others. A couple things I wanted to point out in the show notes. One is an episode I did eons ago, episode 14, where I kind of share what I learned from a lecture on temperaments that Karen's going to talk about today. And I also made a PDF on how to parent the different types. And lastly, stick around for the end of the episode because I have a fun way for you to send me a question or a message and we may use them in a future episode. So stick around for info on that. But let's get to my conversation with Karen. Here we go. Karen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's about time. Y'all, we have, we have been living parallel podcast lives, ministering to moms. That's true. And so when our mutual friend, Courtney, connected us, I was like, yes, we need to have Karen on. It is about time yes. for a mentor episode. Anyone who is a little bit farther along than me, I'm like, teach me all the things. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really humbled to be here. And I love your heart for moms. I'm, I share it with you, girlfriend, for sure. Okay. Well, okay. So tell everyone, I did say you were a little farther along. How old are your kids right now? Like what season are you in? Okay. I am in the empty stage season, empty nest. All my children are grown and married and they're all getting ready to have birthdays. So I'll just go ahead and up everybody. Yes. One. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my oldest is, I have three girls and a boy. Oh, and uh, my oldest is a girl. The boy's number three. So the oldest is 33. It's like my husband's family. My husband grew up there in family exactly like that. Yes. Oh, they make husbands surrounded by sisters make the best husbands. I'm, I'm fantastic. Of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So oldest is going to be 33. The next 31, 29 and 26. And I have five grandkids and they're like nine all the way down to two. So oh, yeah, I'm busy, gosh. busy, busy, busy. We always think our life's going to slow down when our kids get out of the house. It doesn't. It just speeds mm-hmm. up. I hate to tell everybody, but it's true. <laughs> this, this is facts. If you're waiting, if you're like, when they get to this stage, then I'll have yeah. them. When they get to this stage, it's like, just be in the stage. Just yeah, be exactly. whatever it is. It's got Enjoy its heart and it's got its, in. yes, it's got its strengths and its weaknesses. Every, every one of them. Yeah. Yes, okay. True. 
today we're going to talk through something that you have are passionate about when you talk to moms, yes. which yes. is temperaments and just mm-hmm. helping moms be students of their kids. So talk to us a little right. bit about where this started for you. How did you even get interested in that? Well, it started a long time ago with me before, way before I ever had a ministry, even thought about having a ministry. I was raising my kids and my son, Taylor, we would go to church and we were at a smaller church. And so everybody knew you and they'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? And they'd say, Hey, good morning, Taylor. How are you? And they'd get down on his level and he would back up and then he would growl at them. (laughs) And I was just like, what in the world are you doing? And so I was talking to a friend of mine, like you said, you always want somebody ahead of you. Her, she was about 10 years ahead of me. And I was telling her, I was like, I don't know what's going on with Taylor. He's the sweetest boy. But when we get to church, he growls at people. It's so rude. And she started laughing. And I said, I don't think this is funny at all. And she said, he is melancholy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so she's like, melancholies don't like people in their space. And they're crowding him. And they're strangers to him. He didn't invite them in. And they're like, good morning. And they're loud and all that. And so he's backing up because he's like, danger, danger, you know, kind of thing. So she suggested for me to get this book, Personality Plus for Parents by Florence Littauer. And I read through it and I realized, oh my gosh, not only is he melancholy, I'm sanguine, which is opposite. No wonder I don't understand this little boy. And of course, we all want to understand our children so bad, right? So as I started to read the book, I started realizing what were his strengths, what were his weaknesses. And I was focusing on all the weaknesses, you know, don't growl at people, don't be sad all the time, don't (laughs) get into your feelings, you know, all the things. And her whole point, Florence Littauer, was God, you know, tells us that he fearfully and wonderfully made all of us train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. And she said, I think that's the way God wired them, not like discipline wise, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this is revolutionary for me. So I sort of became an expert on this melancholy temperament because I wanted to crack the code. And I sort of became Taylor's advocate, you know, and I would tell, I'd drop him off in Sunday school, preschool, and I'd say, hey, just don't talk to him. (laughs) Just let him come in the room, let him get a train or a truck or a car or something and start playing. He'll be fine if you just don't make a big deal about him. Like, he was so melancholy. He didn't even like us to sing him happy birthday and still doesn't to this day. And he's going to be my 29-year-old. So over the years... I learned what his strengths were, and there's so many strengths. And I later on, I did a class um, at North Point talking about this. And so we changed it to blue, red, yellow, and green. Blue is the melancholy, yellow is the sanguine, red is the cleric, and green is the phlegmatic. And I told the moms, I said, listen, we're just going to, I'm going to give you a 30,000 foot view here. This is not to label your kids. This is not to put them in a box. This is, it's your job as the mom to be a student of your child. What are their needs? What are their wants? You got a fire engine red. Okay. Why are they fire engine red? Something's driving them, that inner control and all that. Don't be afraid of that. Like lean into it and say, hey, sweet pea, you're going to be a leader. Like I had two reds. You're going to be a leader. So let me teach you how to lead and how to lead well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. To refine it. Yeah. There's a gift in there. But inst- yes. instead of just seeing it as a problem, 
right. recognizing the gifts. And you and I talked, I was like, oh, I remember temperaments. I remember my mom talked using all those words, sanguine, melancholy, yes. choleric, phlegmatic. If you all have yes. heard all these words, but it was used in a way that caused some pain and shame. And right. I was like, if we're going to talk about this, Karen, we're not going <laughs> to empower moms Label to start labeling their, and it doesn't have to be temperaments. I mean, I know people it don't like Enneagram, but if they, you know, learn about the Enneagram and they start labeling people and it's like, oh, you're such a one or you're such a three or anytime right. we learn how different people are wired and we use it as a weapon instead mm -hmm. of a place of grace and understanding and connection, it's a problem, right? So 100%. the goal being, how do we learn? I'm curious too, like when your son was growling, yes. I could imagine for the mom listening who has like all of one gender and one of the opposite that mm -hmm. you could wonder, is this because he's a boy or right. you know, like, let's say you have all boys and you have one girl and she acts a certain way. Like, is this a girl thing? It's like right. having to know, cause I have four different versions of a boy and I'm sure you have three different versions of a girl. Like 100%. it's not necessarily a gender thing, yeah. it's a temperament thing. And to learn that aspect of what makes their kids wired to your point I did think it was because he was a boy like the girls never did that like right. they were like hey good morning you know <laughs> and I thought oh well maybe he's an introvert you know well he is an introvert but to a deeper level than just a normal introvert you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah so I learned I started to learn what are his strengths and oh my gosh the blues have so many strengths as all the temperaments do yeah. and and as all my children grew, I started teaching them, okay, this I believe is your temperament. Here are your strengths. Here are your weaknesses. These are your core needs. Now, how can you and I work together on me hearing you, me understanding you, and you understanding me? Because mm -hmm. like one of my youngest, Abby, was a red, very strong red. And we would just um, when she hit those teenage years, buddy, we started going at it with each other. And that had never been like that in our relationship before. And so I just said, Abby, what is going on? You know, and I actually sent her to a counselor to help her figure this out. And the bottom line was she wasn't feeling heard by me. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, I told you, no, you can't do that. You can't go to that party or whatever. And I wasn't listening to her point of view. And I was like, okay. I can totally see what you're saying. So I had to learn to step back, not, I mean, tell her like, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. You go into the party. You're not going to go to the party, but what do you, why do you want to go to the party? You know, and then her giving me her reasons and us talking it through. And that helped us so much in our relationship. And so I use, you know, these temperaments and the birth order and the love languages and the ex extrovert, introvert, all of it with all my children and their spouses, you know, because mm. now I have four in-laws and grandkids. Absolutely. And yeah. so my, you know, oldest granddaughter, she's a very strong blue and she'll get into all her feelings, all the negativity. And I'll say now, Evie, you know, I totally get that you're so sad right now, you know, and that makes total sense to me, but what's one thing you could be happy about, you know, about the situation she's in you know, telling me what it is. And I said, okay, that's good. You know, just, it's not all bad. There's one thing that's good. So that's good. We can have both in our life kind of thing. But like you said, you can't shame them because that is the way God wired them. It's how they see. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a good thing. There's so many strengths and so many weaknesses on all of them that it really does make a difference. And it's funny because one day when Taylor was in middle school, he got in the car and he was really down and out. And I could tell, I said, what's going on, buddy? And he goes, I just don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the blues don't feel like they fit in. You know, they're so sensitive. They're so thoughtful. People tend to overlook them. They're harsh towards them. They have tender hearts. And he goes, I'm not in the jock, you know, category. I'm not in the band. I'm not in the super scholastic. He went through all the groups and he goes, I don't fit in. And I said, you know what, Taylor? I said, your biggest strength, buddy, is your heart. I said, the other day you came home from school and you told me there was this new kid in middle school. You saw him sitting by himself in the lunchroom and you went over and you sat down next to him. I said, what seventh grader does that? Nobody. And I said, but you saw him because there's something in you that sees what other people don't see. And that is a gift from God. And I said, so you need to start leaning into that, that one key part of you. And I promise you, you're going to rise to the top. And for whatever reason, that day he listened. They don't always listen, (laughs) but that day he listened and he became, he did. He started being the most courteous and thoughtful and just outwardly, you know, kind to everyone. And by his senior year, he was crowned homecoming king in a 5A school, very large school, walked away with five superlatives, you know, senior class president, blah, 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 all of it. And people are like, there's no way he's an introvert. I said, he's 100% an introvert, (laughs) but he's living in his strengths. And I did, as a mom, I just felt like I was a little part of that, like teaching him not to be in his weakness all the time, but lean into his strengths as we all need to do. Right. I'm incredibly thankful for my church community that loves the refugees that are in Dallas, that tangibly meets their needs, serves them and helps allow for spaces for them to worship and learn and grow and be cared for. I'm also thankful that in 2019, my path crossed with an amazing group of women, Women of Welcome. It's a community where they are dedicated to helping us understand God's heart for the immigrant and the refugee. They have created incredible resources like a free Bible study that they are offering you. It is beautiful. It helps you dive into the whole of scripture and recognize that God calls us to this deep love for the vulnerable, the marginalized, and the forgotten. So together, you can join them on this journey to understand biblical hospitality in an authentic way. Because the welcome of Christ was astonishing to the culture around him. He gave voice to the speechless. He frustrated the powerful. He humbled the wise. And as Christians, our welcome should be like his. Wonderfully surprising, deeply challenging, firmly rooted in love. I'd love for you to download Women of Welcome's free five-week study that explores the complicated and the beautiful welcome of Jesus toward his most beloved creation, human beings. So let's transform how we show welcome through the Bible study, Christ-like welcome. Get your free download today by going to womenofwelcome.com forward slash DMA. That's womenofwelcome.com forward slash DMA for your free Bible study. So good. And I appreciate with this categorization that you've 
reframed it to be colors instead of Mm -hmm. some of the words, because there is a lot of baggage associated sometimes with like phlegmatic sounds like phlegm. It sounds terrible. And then they would associate animals with it. Like you're a beaver, you're a golden retriever. You're like a sloth. I don't know. I just made up that one. Yes. But but I'm an otter. I'm just like, I like colors. Okay. Colors seem very neutral. Like maybe we can have some feelings about them, but in general, it's pretty neutral. So talk us through it since maybe someone listening is like, what are you talking about? Talk us through the four colors. Okay. So I'll just give you a high level because we don't have a ton of time. Yeah. And you have episodes on your podcast. Yes, I do. A lot. I wrote a book. It's a chapter in the book, you know, and we can get to all that. So there's, there's four colors. Okay. We'll start high level. Every color has a core need and every color has a way they get what they want. Mm -hmm. So will we start with the blues? So their core word is perfection. That's what they're always striving for. They have very high standards and they're always striving for that per- perfect everything, you know. And if you listen to your children or people around you, listen to how many times they say, I just want th- this to be perfect. Or my little granddaughter that is blue, she's like, oh, that's perfect. You know, so that's she's reached it, you know. So that's her thinky thing. These are very sensitive, thoughtful, creative children and adults. They are very analytical. A lot of engineers, a lot of musicians they that's the strengths they can be very self-critical because they have such high standards for themselves and for others they always do want things perfect so therefore they always feel like they're failing they're not quite doing it enough my husband is a blue and he was a fighter pilot he went to top gun i mean all the escalated and one day he goes what have i really accomplished in life and i'm like oh my goodness like the rest of us don't have any hope here so um, they can tend to be negative. They see that, or which my husband says, realistic. They see the glass half empty. And when they get into their mood, and that's how they get what they want, is they get into a mood. It's hard to get them out of a mood. So, you know, and it's not our job to get them out of a mood. So that's our blues. Next is our reds. They, their keyword is control. They come out of that womb. They're your born leaders, man. They know what they want and they're going after it. And they usually have a plan. And they don't care if anybody's on board with them or not. They're just like, get on, get off. I don't care. I'm moving forward. So they are very driven. They're your leaders. They want control. That's what they want is control. And they get what they want through their anger. Um, When things don't go their way, they get mad and angry. Their weaknesses are they're bossy. They are manipulative. They, you know, are very decisive, which is, I think, a positive but in their decisiveness, they can be unfeeling towards others. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, this is the right decision. And that's the other thing with them. They can be arrogant because they always think that they're right. And unfortunately, nine times out of 10, they usually are right. <laughs> then our next one is the greens. And their keyword is peace. They are. There's so many lovely things about a green. They are peaceful. They get along with everybody. They're good listeners. They're just total chill. Their downsides are they have a stubborn streak a mile wide. So whenever you're parenting a a green, as I had one, don't back them into a corner because they can stay there all day and not even care about it. You know what I mean? Don't send them to their room because that's like, yes, thank you. (laughs) I'm in my peaceful room. I can hang out here all day long. And then they get what they want by procrastination. 
And then the last one is your yellows. And they, their keyword is fun. If you're surrounded by any kind of yellows, listen to how many times they say, oh, that was fun. This is going to be fun. Let's do it. That'll be fun. Or I don't want to do that. That's not fun. And they, their positives are they're people, people. They're always on. They get along with everybody. They have that characteristic of the woo factor. I mean, people want to be around them. They're positive, 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 pie in the sky. We can accomplish anything kind of people. They don't think through the details at all. Usually they need the blues in their life to help them with the details. The negatives are they tend to want to be the center of attention and they have a hard time not being the center of attention. They overcommit always. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. I can squeeze 10 things in this one 30 minute slot. My husband's like, no, you can't, Karen. You cannot do that because I'm a yellow. And they tend to overcommit. Like I said, they overpromise. They know so many people, they'll forget your name and then they'll feel really bad about it, you know, kind of thing. And they can also be bossy. They get what they want by charming the pants off of people. So if you have a child that's a yellow and you're like, I was going in there hard to punish them. And then I'm walking away, giving them a treat. Like, I don't even understand what is going on here. Like, my best example of that is when I was in second grade, I went to a Christian school and I'd seen this little plaque for my mom. And the only way I could get back to that Bible store was from my bus route. So I convinced my bus driver to stop the entire bus after me of two weeks, just hounding him to death. I got my money. I got my money. I'll be in there two seconds and I'll be right out. And he stopped the whole bus and I got to jump out and go get my mom the plaque. <laughs> Isn't but that so crazy? sweet. But so sweet. Like you were thinking about her. Absolutely. I was thinking. And one more thing I just want to share before we, this is so important. And this is the one thing I would want the moms to write down. I'm trying to find it in my book. Okay. So all the temperaments need certain things. So your yellows. They need approval, attention, affection, and adoration. That's what they're looking for. Your reds are looking to be a loyalty. They want people to be loyal to them, sense of control, appreciation, and credit for their work. And that's another reason my red daughter and I were not getting along is she didn't think I was appreciating that she would be making good choices at the party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's what that discussion we had to have is, honey, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the other people, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Then the greens, they want harmony. They want peace always. They want a feeling of worth. We tend to overlook our greens because they're so easy that they want that sense of worth and they want a lack of stress and they want respect. Lack of stress is so important in parenting because we'll say, go clean up your room. That's just a normal thing we tell all of our children. But the greens look at the room and they're like, oh, I don't even know where to start. You know, I mean, I, I just they just start spinning and they cannot start anything. So the best thing to do for a green is say, sweetie, go in your room, go pick up all your dirty clothes and come back and I'll give you the second thing to do. And she's like, he's like, OK, I can do that. I can do that one thing. Then last one is the blues. They need sensitivity, support, space, and silence. So when my son would come home or when my husband would come home from his traveling, I would know he's going to need um, some space from all of us, you know, and he's going to need just to reenter the house and not this, you know, four <laughs> kids in the house. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I'd have to tell the kids, hey, dad's coming home. Let's make sure everything's picked up because that's his thing. You know, he likes a picked up house. 
And that's okay. Like yeah. it's not a negative thing. Let's let's work towards him, make him feel like this is good and we haven't all just, you know, gone crazy here because that's the way I would roll. <laughs> Does that make sense? Is that helpful? Yes. yes, it's helpful. I mean, my brain is like I said, not everybody loves Enneagram and they get mad when I mention it. But my brain sure. is thinking which of those fit which Enneagram number because I'm hearing a little bit of the yes. numbers there too, but which is just reinforcement of like, there is unique bents that everyone, 100%. you know, we all have our sin nature, but we all yes. have unique ways of getting what we need. And I think for me, anytime I've done work on figuring out how I'm wired, it's helping me figure out, okay, where am I getting in a negative pattern? Yeah. Using these coping skills or these skills that are not, you know, me trusting God, like they're not healthy. They're not help, helping the relationship. And Right. And like you said, with the yellows, like they could be really positive and reinforced by the culture, but they're not actually what God would want. Like, right. You're doing the overscheduling, but you're not really trusting that you have approval and acceptance in Christ alone. You don't have to get it from other people by saying yes to all the things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As a yellow, I had to learn that, that my approval comes from God. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that is where we invite the Holy Spirit in and we say, okay, Lord, this is my bend to look to others to approve. But whenever you're a mom, especially those young days, you're isolated. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And nobody's telling you you're doing a good job. I mean, nobody, your kids are not like, mom, that was the best peanut butter and jelly I've ever had. Thank you so much. You know, (laughs) or mom, a plus mom, a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're not saying mom thank you for sacrificing and staying home and not working to be home with me. Like nobody tells you that. So I had to start looking to God, you know, God, I want your approval. That's my most important thing. I am a big fan when something I purchase does multiple things. And with Thrive Cosmetics, I find that to be true because not only are the products clean, they work really well, and they give back to our community. So what I'm really loving, and you've heard me talk about it before, is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Now, it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews, but what I've loved is that it is this tube technology. Basically, it creates a tube around each of my lash, so it dramatically lengthens them, but also defines them, and there's no clumping or smudging, which is a big deal for me, or flaking, and it just comes off really easily with warm water and a washcloth, no soap needed, and so my eyelashes don't break, which means they stay longer. Anyway, it's one of their best-selling products from Thrive Cosmetics. I also love that they are 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, no parabens, sulfates, phthalates, and no compromising performance. Like I said, they work great. Also, they have a bigger than beauty. The whole reason Thrive Cosmetics was started was because of a friend who had passed away from cancer. And so she's really big on giving back to missions. And so every purchase supports organizations, whether it's homelessness, um, those battling domestic abuse, cancer, so many more communities are supported by your purchase. You have to try Thrive Cosmetics and see for yourself. Right now you can get an exclusive 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash DMA. That's Thrive Cosmetics and it's spelled out C-A-U-S-E. 
M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash DMA for 15% off your first order. So people are going to ask like what age and do you hold this loosely? Because I know over time Mm -hmm. people grow and change a bit. Like, is this something, Mm -hmm. is it fixed? Like you're one color forever. So how young do you think you can start seeing bents? I think it just depends on the colors, you know, uh, some colors are stronger than others. Although I misdiagnosed my youngest because I thought she was a green because she was so easygoing, but she was so easygoing because she was always getting what she wanted. You know, uh, the gr- reds are very easygoing if you're giving them what you want. If they're in charge. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, um, and she being the baby just naturally got sort of got what she wanted, you know, but when she hit those teen years, I realized real quick, like, whoa, you're not green. There's no way a green would be pushing back this strong. You know what I mean? So a lot of times by five years old, seven, you can pretty much tell. Now I had to go back on Abby. I think she was 13. And I said, you're not green. You're red. And I get it now. And uh, duh, like I'm thinking back to when she was little and how bossy she was and how she wanted to do things a certain way and it had to be her way. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this makes so much sense. But some temperaments you can just see like your reds, like my youngest granddaughter. Honestly, Emily told me when she was carrying her in the womb, I think this child is red. And I'm like, Emily, that's way too. There's no way. And, but sure enough, when she came out, she was red. Like when she would nurse. If Emily, her mom was talking, she would stop nursing, look at Emily, start crying until Emily was quiet. And then she would nurse again every single time. It was like, she was like, no, you, you pay attention to me while I'm nursing and nothing, nobody else. Well, and then part of, part of me would think, well, isn't that agreeing that they want peace? But no, no, she wanted Emily to be all on her and nobody else. So greens are just so chill. Like my green child that was you know, Emily, that was my green. She was just so laid back and so chill and, you know, never hardly ever cried. And, you know, but they need to get older, get them out of the baby stage, at least till five, I think. Well, and like, I hear you saying, oh, you're such a red or you're a green. You aren't saying that to them. Like, and even the words like bossy, like, I just feel like there's connotations that they take with them. Like I was bossy, you know, it has a negative tinge to it. Well, yeah, I, and I can see that, but see with your reds, um, they are bossy. And so when they're bossy, people don't want to be around them because mm-hmm. they don't. So they come home from school and they, like Kelsey would say, my oldest, nobody wanted to play with me on the playground today. And I said, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. And so she'd start to tell me I wanted to play on the swings and everybody else wanted to go play, you know, down the slide. And I said, okay, so how did you handle it? And she'd say, I would say, y'all, get over here and let's play on the swings. And I'd be like, okay, sweetie, um, you're being a little bossy. And you may want to change your approach when you're dealing with people. Because people don't like to be told what to do. So you could say, hey, guys, can we play on the swings today? We played on the slide yesterday. And she'd sit there and I'd say, my mom used to always say you can get more out of honey than you can vinegar. And I said, Kelsey, I'm just telling you, if you want your friends to follow you, you've got to soften it up. And she's like, okay, you're right. And then when she got into high school, sort of the same thing. I told her, 
Sweetie, you got so many great characteristics. You are a strong leader, and I love that. But so many high school girls don't even know who they are. And you're coming in like bold, you know, like, I know who I am. I got it all going on, and they don't like that. So just come in, be yourself 100%, but just dial it back to 50%. And then once they fall in love with you and they know what a great person you are, you can dial it back up to 100%, like this is the real me. You know, I'm not telling you not to be who God created you to be, but don't come in all guns a blazing either. Well, I'm just seeing how your strengths, like being the woo person. Right. I can see how you kind of helped her be more of a woo person and you helped your son be more of a woo person. Like there is this aspect of, yes, we want to help be students of our kids, but it's also being a student of yourself as the mom. A hundred percent. To recognize God made you a unique way that just helps come alongside your child. And if we use our best giftings and how I am more blue, I will admit, even though I was called melancholy my whole child and I'm resentful of that term, I do dial into feelings a lot. And so I do think that with my boys, I have really communicated a lot of feelings talk and that's Uh just what they got. That's what they got with me. That's okay. And they have no sisters. So I'm the only female in the house and it's a lot of feeling. So yeah, I just think as moms, like if you haven't done that work for yourself, this might be a great time to take the quiz on your website. Yes. And that, let me just tell you, that is B-O-A-W dot mom slash quiz. But one last thing. Oh, wait, say it again. B-O-A-W. B-O-A-W is birds on a wire because that's your podcast. Yes. B-O-A-W dot com. Dot mom. Oh, dot mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Dot mom. Backslash quiz. That's just like you can type that in and that'll, the quiz will pop up. Or you can go to the website and it'll say, take the quiz. Yeah. Um, the podcast is Wire Talk and the ministry is Birds on a Wire. Got but it. one last thing, we do have to always be aware because I am a yellow. I am positive, positive, positive. As a mom, I had to learn with my blue son. He doesn't always want the positive. You know what I mean? And so he played golf in in high school and middle school. And that's a tough game. And so he beat himself up over it. And I'd be like, buddy, but you did so good. And he'd look at me and say, mom. I don't want a pep talk right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And I'd have to learn like, this is his deal. He's got to work this out and I can't fix everything. Everything is not going to be rainbows and butterflies. And that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and that just to your point, I had to learn me. And just because I'm wired so positive, positive doesn't mean everybody else is. And I don't mm-hmm. need to be pushing that on him all the time. Cause that makes him feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Cause I'm not positive all the time, you know? Yeah. But I always tell Taylor, it's so good. Like we need each other. You know, you need me to make you a little bit happier. And I need you to bring me back down to reality because I could, you know, walk on clouds all day long. Well, and some people will be like, oh, only four kinds of people. Well, there's like combinations, combinations of these colors. Mm-hmm. So you can have yes. a little bit of a couple of them and a little bit of all yes. of them, actually. Yeah. And that's sort of the, I mean, we want the Holy Spirit to round us all out, right? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Before we have to go, would you just spend a little time mentoring us on mentoring me Aww. on the season I'm in of, you know, we were just saying like middle school, high school, we are going to go through the bumps of disappointment. They're going to make some hard choices. They're going to 
take routes we don't think are best for them. How did you navigate that now that you have seen that they're married and they have kids and, you know, they're through that? What would you say to moms in that stage? I'd say to moms in that stage, try not to get too far into the what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And just try to say, to remind yourself, this one thing is not the end of the world. You know, this one bad decision they made is not the end of the world. Now, that doesn't mean we just ignore it and we don't deal with it. We don't talk about it and all that. But also realize that we have a heavenly father that loves our children more than we do. And he is going to continue to pursue them, whether they're pursuing him or not, doesn't matter. He's going to be full on pursuing them all the days of their life. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So try just to realize like they're under your roof for 18 years. How can I walk alongside you, my children, mentor you, help you see your potential, but then leave that the rest of it in the Lord's hands. Yeah. And it's so hard. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we know, oh, you're making a really bad decision. After we've talked to them, they still do it. And we just have to be like, okay, this is your story. And this is going to be, you know, you're going to live this out and learn and grow just like I learned and grew, you know? So our son, Taylor, I'm sorry, I'm talking about him so much, but he was getting ready to go to college. He wanted to go to Auburn. It was out of state for us. Did you go to Auburn? No, my brother, my niece, my, my son would like to go there. It's hard to get into right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. I went there. So I'm off. Okay. Okay. My daughter was already there. And she was in her senior year and he would have been a freshman. And I just told him, buddy, we can't have two out of state colleges. I'm so sorry. And he's just like, he got so angry, you know, and he's like, well, you and dad didn't plan well enough. And I'm like, well, we didn't. You're right. True. (laughs) Obviously we did it. And we don't have the money for it. And I said, no, you could try to get a scholarship, but it's very hard to get a scholarship there. And he was wanting to go RTC, but they were full of the out of state um, maybe scholarships. So I just said, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to pick another school. And he got so angry and not only at me, but he got angry at Emily. And he said, and this was true. I did better in high school than Emily. I have better grades. I was more involved. I have all the things and I can't go because she's there and you don't have enough money. And I was like, yep, that's the cold hard facts. And he got so angry and I had to let him be on it, stew on it. He was not happy and it went on for several months. And I told him one night, I said, buddy, this is between you and the Lord. This is a hard issue a hundred percent, but I just need to let you know, you're ruining your relationship with your sister and she didn't do anything wrong. Now you can get mad at dad and I, cause we don't have enough money. And that's true. We didn't, and we don't, but that we're not going in debt over this thing either. So I said, it's between you and the Lord. You've got to fix your heart. And I can't fix your heart. Went to bed that night, still angry. And he woke up the next morning and he said, I was thinking about what you said. I prayed about it. And you're right. And I think I'm going to go to Ole Miss. And I've heard they're really pretty girls there. And I've heard that too. (laughs) I think that's going to be a great college for you. That's what 18 year old boys. Yes. I know. So then he gets to school that day. And he's contacted by the Navy and said, you were in the top 10% on the score or whatever. So any school, any school in the United States has to get, let you in. So he got into Auburn on a full ride. Shut the front 
door. No. And I'm saying, I couldn't have orchestrated that. No. And I told him, I said, do you see the correlation here? And it doesn't always work out that way. No. But this time God allowed it to happen to where you changed your heart. You submitted, he granted you your, what you wanted. It doesn't always work out that way. But this one yeah. time, do you see it? Do you see what God did? God did this. And he goes, yeah, yeah I do. And I said, okay, I hope mm. you learn this lesson for the rest of your life. Like yeah. your heart has to be pure and right before him all the time. Mm. I mean, Does I can get help? tears. No, I have tears. I know it is so emotional. It is. And we just want the best for our children, don't we? But we have to just realize they are the Lord's. They're God's. We're just the yeah. steward of them. When you couldn't oh, I just known. love your heart. <laughs> well, <laughs> you see, I can't help it. <laughs> I love you. It. You as a mom didn't know that they were going to no. call. You were just no. really pointing and being faithful. And that's the key, like knowing our part and letting God do his part. Yes. And even if it's hard and even if our kids hate us or even if they hate their siblings or even if they hate God in the midst yes. of it, yes, we have to just be faithful on our part. And so thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. I hope it helps. I hope it encourages those sweet moms out there. Yeah. Y'all don't give up. Don't give Man, up. Man, it's tough out there, Karen. It's tough. It out is. There. It is. There's a lot vying for our kids, but I'm I'm thrilled to see things like the revival at Asbury and to know that there's so much potential for this next generation to really bring yes. the kingdom in this time. So, and us moms, we have a big job. We cannot give up. We got to no. hold the line. Hold, hold the line. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your wisdom you. and what you've learned. And y'all keep following Karen, keep listening and oh, keep learning from her. I hope this conversation was encouraging to you. I also am just reminded around the start of us recording and after Karen and I just talked about parenting things. And it is always an encouragement to me to have women in my life who have older kids and they can put such fantastic perspective on what seem like humongous challenges in your mom walk. Uh, whatever stage of parenting you're in, whatever is super, super hard right now for you, it doesn't diminish it because someone who's got kids older, their stuff is bigger. No, it's big to you right now. And speaking with a mentor helps bring it back into proper perspective helps remind you of what God's doing behind the scenes that you can't see. I was even encouraged by a mom friend who is significantly younger than me. And she texted me and she was reminding me about Moses and his exchange with God in Exodus 5. This is what she wrote. She said, after one rejection from Pharaoh that ends with the Israelites not getting any more straw to make bricks. So he's basically doing what God said and Pharaoh is is actually making it worse for the Israelites. Moses complains to God and he says, why did you even send me? You said you'd deliver us. You haven't delivered us at all. And she said, it cracks me up. Moses thinks he's done and he's barely in the prologue. God is about to do wondrous things. She reminded me, your kids are in the prologue. God is not finished with them yet. Oh my gosh, why am I crying? We just stay faithful to what God has called us to do. Love and discipline and teach the ways of the Lord to our kids. That's all that's up to us. And then she encouraged me and she said, I already know that you're doing a great job of that. I hope that encourages you. 
Um, yes, you're being students of your kids and they're going to walk through ups and downs and you're going to get that call from a teacher this week maybe. And I just pray that you and I can both stay focused on what is our part and what is not, which is, you know, I'm always telling you all that. You're important but not essential. Uh, but sometimes I even need to hear it myself. So I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I thank you that you are working. <sighs> you're just working when we can't see, when we can't see what you're up to and we can't see the full picture and we don't know why the hard thing is happening today and we don't know why our kid is acting the way that they are. I pray, Lord, that you would give us supernatural sight to see why you wired them a certain way, why we're having that struggle and to rest in your provision and your ability to redeem all things that we wouldn't question, oh, why did you give me this kid? but we would ask you to give us eyes to see how can we trust you more with this child. And I pray, Lord, for each mom who's listening, who's just kind of trying to work through something right now, whatever the hard thing is and whatever stage she's in, that she would feel your presence, that she would feel your counsel, that you would inspire her and equip her, and that you would actually draw her to a mentor, whether the person is younger or older than her, that she would have those words through the power of your Holy Spirit and the unity of the body, meet her where she is and minister to her right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if y'all wanna leave me a question or a message, a great way to do it is to call the phone number 972-246-8666. Nine, nine. Leave your message and I will get it. And hopefully we will get to share it on a podcast. And even like if I have a guest, I may use it in the interview. So I can't wait to hear from y'all. Also, you know, uh, I have a book coming out. And if you would love to support me in that or you want to learn, I can't wait to share this topic with you. The book is called Right Where You Belong. You can pre-order it wherever books are sold. I did see that Baker Bookhouse had it 40% off, which makes it less than $11. So just Google Baker Bookhouse and Right Where You Belong and you can order it there. Okay, I will see you back here next week. I'm inviting a very special guest, someone that I know quite well. Uh, Bruce will be joining me. It will be our 24th wedding anniversary and my 399th episode. (laughs) So we are answering some of your questions basically around marriage and teens. It's good times. Uh, No, the light fluffy stuff. But I'll meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. 
He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.